I'm Rhonda Litton. Our e-bulletin is available online with links to our Connect form and website. You can access this by opening the camera app on your iPhone or Android device and pointing it at the QR code on the screen. If you're new with us today, we are so glad you've joined us. Please connect with us by going to presschurch.tv or snapping the QR code with your device and clicking on the I'm new link. This isn't a commitment to anything, but an opportunity for us to support you and thank you for joining us. Woven, the Women's Weekly Bible Study, is meeting Mondays at 7 p.m. at our Powell campus. If you're interested in joining in, please send an email to info at presschurch.tv. Every Wednesday at noon, we release a midweek where the pastors discuss spiritual questions with each other. If you have any questions you want them to dig into, email us at info at presschurch.tv. If you would like to join Press Church in making a difference in the community, there's four ways you can support us financially. If you're visiting our campus in person, there's a box at the back exit where you can drop off your support as you leave the worship center. If you'd prefer to send in a check, please send it to 8794 Big Bear Avenue, Powell, Ohio, 43065. You can give through our website or by texting an amount to the number 84321. Let's celebrate everything God has given us and support the community both locally and globally. Now, let's prepare to engage what God has for us as we receive the message. and I'm the lead pastor here. If you are visiting for the first time, we're so glad to have you. Uh, as well, for those of you watching online or joining us online, thank you for uh, joining us online. Uh, first off, happy Father's Day to all the fathers in the room. Happy Father's Day. Um, so my dad usually is here, and he's not here, so I get to talk about him because he's not here, so I can say whatever I want. No, so he, my father, great guy. Uh, if you've been around here, you've probably met him. Super great guy. He's actually at another church today. Shame, right? I can't do that. That's, that's not, no, I'm totally joking. He's at my brother's church today. My, my dad plays the trumpet, if you didn't know. Um, and he'll let you know that he plays the trumpet. That's like his thing. He loves trumpet. But the church that he's at today, they were doing a horn line for some songs. So he's off just living his best life right now doing that. So, Dad, if you go back and watch this, happy Father's Day. I love you. So we're in a new series called Together. Uh, now, you, you may not have noticed, but I want you to, to take uh, the next couple weeks when you're here watching uh, that bumper video. That video is a picture of all the different things we have done over this last year as a church. It's, it's pictures of all, some, some of you are in these pictures, but it's a picture of all the things we've done. Baptisms, infant dedications, work days, cleaning days, community events, like all those things. And so this series in particular, we're talking about the importance of community. And those pictures highlight all the things that we've been able to do as a church because of people like yourselves because of people like you uh, supporting both financially and with your time. Uh, but it's a picture of things we've been able to do as a group because we've been together. And so that's gonna be the point of the series. If you were with us last series, we were talking about the chase. We were talking about us pursuing God. And that's in line with our mission statement. We say we wanna make a difference in this community. And we have three facets. By one, pursuing Christ, 
by communing with believers, and by influencing unbelievers. And so that first series was talking about all about us pursuing Christ. This series is about communing with believers, the importance of us as a community being together, unified in what we're doing. And so that's gonna be the next couple weeks we're gonna be talking about that, but when we watch that bumper each week, Peek through those things, peek through. Remember, it's so easy to forget. I was telling our team that. It's so easy to forget all the things that we have done this year. Uh, I don't know about you guys, we're, we're always looking forward, right? What's the next challenge? What's the next hurdle? What's the next decision? We forget there is so much good that's happened uh, in this last year and the ways that God has, has worked through us, even through a pandemic, even through experiences that we never thought would happen, God was moving and doing, and we're still here as a church. So we're super excited about that. So, what makes church different than other social gatherings? If someone were to like ask you, like, why go to church? Like, I've got a group of friends. We hang out. Like, what, what makes church different? I found this story. Um, a guy by the name of Tertullian, I don't know if you've heard of that. He was a, an, an early uh, chronicle for the church history. And he told a story about uh, the Roman Empire being concerned about the Christians and where their allegiances lied. So they were concerned about how we don't know these Christians. And so they sent spies into their gathering, into their church time. They sent spies in to, to check them out. And they came back, they said, you know, what did you see? What did you experience when you hung out with these so-called Christians? And they said, well, they, they really love this guy named Jesus. And they really believe he's coming back. And they really loved each other. Those are the things that they, they said. It's like they, they, they noticed their, their love for each other. They noticed their love for Jesus. This, this looking forward to his return. They loved each other. And they were fairly diverse. They didn't all look the same. They were from, you know, different parts of the city and different socioeconomic kind of statuses. And yet they still got along. So as we work through this series, think about ways of, you know, why is, it, is this important? To you, what does scripture say about that? Why, why should this be important? So if you are new with us, uh, almost every week we get our pastors together, myself, Pastor CR, Pastor Jason, we hop in the car and we start talking about the sermon for the day. So let's watch this first video about us being together. It was very clear to me that I enjoy having you around. Oh, See, I wouldn't have known look that at this. had you not Jason's. been away. <laughs> you got yeah, it. by the way, you said I was on vacation. Well, you know. And then that like spurred this whole thing. I was not on vacation. Yes. <laughs> I was on a sabbatical, at which point I was reading and studying the, whole the entire week. Yes. I was not on a vacation away from my wife. Right. Which now... <laughs> Because of what you said, Jason, everybody thinks Jason, I was on some I was on vacation. magical vacation. I was Sean on vacation was on vacation with my wife. Yes. I was working. You were on study leave. I'm glad you're both back. Well, we're glad to be back with you, Jason. <laughs> well, on that, we are we are talking about well, we have a new series together, talking about the importance of community, talking about the importance of being together. Yes. But why? Why are we talking about being yes. together? What's the point? Why it yeah, why, why does it matter? I think one of the tough things about community is um, 
if you're in a crisis or in something, a, a bad situation, community becomes very important. Community becomes very needed and desired. Um, but I, I do feel like in our culture, there's a, there's a need for community, but there's also this, um, I think push for like independence and doing things on your own and like self-made person and well, so certainly like, in America, right? The right, right. Western ideology is a bootstrapper. You, right, right. You know, you make it on your own, and there's right. pride in that, right? Right. And uh, that's not healthy. Right. It's actually not healthy. <laughs> right. Right. But yet yeah. we celebrate it yes. like it's something to be achieved. But it's true. You know, yeah. and, you know, we, we each have experiences in life where these things you're talking about. You know, accountability. That sounds to me. I don't, I don't like that. Yeah. That sounds hard. I don't want to. Right. I don't want someone to call me out for doing things that I like to do, even though I know I probably shouldn't. Yeah, and <laughs> and there's the the challenge is: Are you at a point where you recognize doing things your way and on your own isn't going to bring you joy? I think yeah, that's really or the lie of the world happiness, right? Right. right, right. It's not going to. This whole thing is tied back to our mission as a church. Right? I mean, we want to make a difference in the community, and part of that way we're going to do it is through connecting with each other. Right? Yes. Because if we aren't connecting with each other, we're not going to make a difference yeah. right. in the community 100%. around us. Yeah, yeah. I, I suppose it's possible you could make a difference without doing any of it in a godly way, right? I mean, you could make right. a difference in a very negative way. You could also make a difference in some positive ways yeah. without doing it in a God-centric way. Right. But we're saying straight up, we're not interested in doing any of it without it being a God-centered way. That's right. Yes, hundred I mean, percent. Those are those are important things to, to wrestle through. Yes, and these important things are part of the discipleship process. And when we enter into that, um, and it has to be really done in community right. with others for it to be effective. And that's yeah, that's where it comes around. It's like you doing that on your own, not going to happen. Right. That's why needing people is so is so vital yes yeah we've got to have people in our life who can who we can process this with mm-hmm. you know and who will ask us some of the harder questions right and and help us process that with them right. in a safe place right you know, like yeah. this is why we encourage life groups right yeah that's the whole point of yeah. being able to establish relational connection with other believers yes and move forward on the journey 100%. yeah yeah, if the gospel doesn't inform it or, or push it and energize it, then I, I don't really want to do it. No. But I want to. What I do want to do is, because of the gospel, because of grace, because of all God has done, I want to make a difference in our community. But I know in order to do that, I've got to have people around me, and I've got to connect with them regularly. Right. Or I'm going to wear out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so let's dig into that a little bit today. Um, If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to be in Hebrews chapter 10 today. And Hebrews, it provides some exhortations against people drifting from their faith. So there's some people who are drifting from their faith, mainly because of persecution, but there's other things going on. And so you have these believers who are uh, slowly getting lethargic about their faith. And I I know that we probably never have experienced that before, you know, during a pandemic when we're not together and all of a sudden our faith doesn't seem quite as important and, you know, we start drifting away from people. But I do feel like it is very practical for us in the here and the now. 
See, Hebrews is to encourage a group of discouraged believers by showing them that Jesus is the ultimate revelation of God's love and mercy. And so in that, if that's, if that's mainly what's going on in Hebrews, that's what I want us to focus on in this verse that we're about to read. This is to show us, to remind us of who Jesus is and about his love and his mercy for us. So we're in chapter 10, Hebrews chapter 10. It's going to be verse 24 and verse 25. It says this, Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So we have a couple things I want to dig into this. But the first thing is this, and my first point is, encouragement cannot take place in isolation. This is my first thing. Encouragement cannot take place in isolation. We, as people, we desire connection. We desire it. Some of us may not be natural. You know, if you're an extrovert, it's like, oh, yeah, I definitely want to be around people. But even the introverts in here, we desire connection, belonging. You know, I think of um, the movie Castaway with Tom Hanks. I know it's kind of cliche at this point, but you think about it. Ca Castaway, Tom Hanks, he's on an island by himself. What does he do? He, he creates a friend. <laughs> he takes a ball and makes a face. Like, that is his friend now. He, he desired to be with somebody. He desired that connection so bad that he took a volleyball and named it Wilson. I mean, it had Will, his name was on his face, right? <laughs> but that's his buddy now. And how many of us cried when the volleyball got swept away? <laughs> like, not Wilson, no, how could, no, no, not Wilson. It, it's a ball, it's a volleyball. But it, it just, it shows, it's, it's, again, I know it's overused, but it shows us how deeply we desire connection, how deeply we need others. We are in vital need of biblical community. We, like, really, like, we need community so bad. We've had a year of being disconnected, most of us. We've had some people, some of you, uh, it's almost every week I was hearing, man, this is the first time I've gone to church in a year. This is the first time I've been out in public in a year. This is the first time. This is, these are some of the firsts for us. And you got these people who, have, who just haven't had connection. They haven't had people. People are hurting. Some of you here today are hurting deeply. And we need that connection. I was looking at some numbers. Drug abuse numbers are on the rise. Suicide rates increasing. I found this stat in 2019... This is, this is not even, this is before the pandemic. I didn't find numbers for after this, but, but in 2019, for ages 10 to 34, all right, age range is 10 to 34, the second leading cause of death was suicide. So behind unintentional injury, suicide was the second leading cause of death. That's in 2019, before a pandemic. People are hurting. We are so much in need of connection. Some of us today, like I said, you, you may be here today and say, I, I need connection. You may be here. You may come to church every week and you're not really connecting. You come in, 
You sing some songs, you hear a message, you walk out, you go home, and you're still as disconnected. Why is it so hard to connect? Why is it that we can, we can have events where maybe we're together and we still don't feel connected? We still don't feel like we've gotten anything out of it. We say a lot of highs, oh, how's it going? You know, the typical, how's it, oh, everything's good. You know, it could be better, but you know, it's good. Work, yep, working hard, making the money, doing the things, yep. Kids, sports, yep, same. Tan's looking good, all right, cool, I gotta go eat. And that's like, that's like the depth of our community. I mean, we, we laugh, but it's true. <laughs> like, you leave and you're like, what, what even happened? Why did, we, why did we do that? I was listening to a talk um, by a guy named Simon Sinek. Some of you are maybe familiar with this. And he was talking about millennials. Uh, but he was talking about the effect that the technology has had on millennials specifically. But I, I do think it's, it's way more broad than just millennials. But he says we got really good at putting filters on things. You know? You think of your social media page. You, you got a quick filter that makes your face lose all of its wrinkles. You know, now all of a sudden I've, I've got the makeup I want on and my wrinkles are gone and I'm beautiful. You know, and you got sparkles. and everything. But we've, do, we've done that with everything. We've, we've made sure that what people see of us is filtered. They see the best. And we long, we long for that. We, we like, oh, I, I got to keep up. And we've just gotten really good at making everything on the outside looking good, but on the inside we're still lonely and we're still depressed. He started to get into the science of it a little bit. He said that, that engagement on social media releases dopamine. Dopamine is known as the, the feel-good hormone. And so when you get a text, it feels good. When you get a like, it feels good. New friend, feels good. Lost a friend, oh, I'm sad today. But what we've done is we've built our lives on these platforms now. These platforms of putting something out that looks how we want it and getting likes to make us feel good and then continuing that cycle. And we get dopamine, it feels good, we like it. You know what else we get dopamine from? We get dopamine when we smoke, when we drink, when we gamble. And he made a point that there's age restrictions on smoking and drinking and gambling. There's not an age restriction on cell phones. There's not an age restriction on using these things. And so what we've done is we're building a system where we, we, we need that that high. And how do we get that high? We get it from likes. We get it from social media. We get it from these things, not from real relationships. And, and so what's happening is we have all these people who don't know how to build actually good relationships because they're hard. Now all of a sudden, oh man, what do I really want to deal? They, they said something about me. Uh, it's done. And he was talking about, again, he was talking mainly about millennials, but I see this way more than just in millennials. It's starting to sink into all of us. We, we find our friendships through this social media, through technology, and then we don't have what it takes to actually build healthy relationships with the people around us. 
we turn to a device. Science shows people who spend more time on Facebook suffer higher rates of depression than those who spend less time on Facebook. It's, it's just shown. There is not an app that you can download that'll help your real life relationships. It's not an app for that. And yet we continue to do this where, where we find our identity in a relationship that's not really us. I mentioned earlier this, this need for biblical community, like we need biblical community so much. And it's not just about like hanging out. It's not just about being around each other. It's intentional. And it's about the fact that the true encouragement, going back to my point, true encouragement comes from biblical community. True encouragement comes when we are able to be vulnerable with each other, that we're able to share life together and take away the filters and take away all the facades and the masks and all the things that we are keeping to protect ourselves and learn to be together. And again, I said, that's hard. It's why we're not doing it. It's why our relationships are very surfacy. It's easier that way. It's easier not to get into hard stuff, but yet what is happening? We are slowly getting more and more depressed. We are slowly getting more and more saddened, and we don't have those connections, and the things that we will turn to will never give us what we need. Which brings me to my next point. Biblical community fuels us to love. So in, in this verse, in verse 24, it talks about motivating us to acts of love and good works. It takes a community to do that. It takes a community to motivate us. In other translations, it says stir up. So stir each other up to good works, to love, to acts of love. And with this word, we get, we get an image with this word, the stir up, this motivate word, that these, these acts of love and these good works won't just happen on their own. They're not just gonna magically happen, acts of love. Like it truly takes a group to motivate us to that, to stir us up to do that. So you truly need each other. You truly need other people to help motivate you to those good things. We talked about accountability in, in the video, and I said, oh, I hate that word, you know, accountability. We just think, oh, someone's gonna tell me what I'm doing wrong, and I'm gonna feel bad about it, and then we'll move on, and then I'm gonna screw up, and they're gonna just uh, keep doing bad. Now, I, I don't see accountability. I, there's a level of, of encouraging there that we're missing. We're missing the accountability to do good, the accountability to do good works, to love each other, not to like slap your wrist when you screw, oh, you know, I got drunk again this weekend, slept with my girlfriend again, sorry, man, keep doing that. You know, it's like we, all these things, it's like, oh, I know it's bad. No, we need to be encouraged each other to do, to do good. We need to be encouraging each other that, hey, let's, let's love well. And I, I believe if, if we are not in community with other believers, that we will not be as effective. If you're, if you're not in an intentional community, we limit our effectiveness. Because we do, we fall into like just doing what we want when we wanna do it, and we continue from there. And this word love, so the word love there, so to love, that's the, the Greek word agape love. I don't know if you're familiar. Agape love refers to unconditional love. It's the highest form of love. 
Love needs other people. You can practice faith and hope on your own. Love needs others. You need to be with other people. In Romans chapter 12, this is verse 9 through 13. It uses the same love, the same agape. It says, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. I love that. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection. Take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. All this stuff requires community. It requires us to be together. It's important. And so my closing thought is this, to hopefully wrap this up and give us somewhat, is, is that church is not about doing and consuming, but about being and belonging. Now, I'm not saying we don't do anything. I'm not saying we never consume anything, but it's not about those things. It's about being and belonging. It's easy to lens church as what we consume. You know, we, we come, we receive a message, we have some music, we consume it, we take it in, all right, and we go. It's easy to, to do that. And a lot of times we, we find churches that fits our needs, right? We find a church that, oh, I like those things, it makes me feel good, and when I consume it, that's where I want to be. But it's more than that. You know, our, our vision statement here as a church is to help people embrace their identity in Christ. So the, the best place that we can be as people, as believers, is for us as a whole, each one of us individually, finding our true identity in who God is. So that's the being part. That we are together being who we are truly supposed to be in Christ, who he has, and belonging. That belonging includes us. It includes people. So it's not just you doing what God's called you to do. It's you being a part as a whole to do good works. And we'll get into this stuff more in the coming weeks. But I would love for us to think of this community that way. Being and belonging. Belonging requires that each of us, myself included, include one another as well. If you're only thinking about yourself, what happens? That breaks. We're going to be disjointed. We're not, they're, they're, we won't be together. But the more that we can know and be secure in who we are in Christ, we will be able to be together with each other, to be to belong. We all want to belong. It's like, well, isn't that one of like the seven core things that everybody longs for? It's one of those, everybody longs to belong. Everybody wants to be a part of something. And so as we work through this series, how can we be a group of people that allows people to belong here? 
that no matter where they're from, no matter what their background, no matter where they are in their stage of faith, whether they've never heard much about Jesus or have been serving Jesus their whole life, whatever it is, that they have a place here to grow, to find their identity, and to join in what we are doing here. So when life groups start back up, join a life group. Be willing to work through the hard elements of meeting new people. It is hard, but we have to know that that hard work has benefit. That hard work, that, that uncomfortableness will lead to something good. It really will. And if we are going to make a difference in this community, it's gonna require each of us to step into that. I wrote it like this, and band, you guys can start coming up. If we can learn to be who God has called us to be in community, then we will truly set ourselves up to make a difference in this community. And that is the whole point of what we wanna do. We wanna make a difference in this community by pursuing Christ, by communing with believers, and by influencing other believers. But we must, as a church, if, if you call Press Church home, if you, wherever you are, and I would encourage those even watching online, if you've been watching online, that's great. I love that you're watching online. Come to church. Be here. When you come here, be intentional. Today, when you go out in the lobby, go say hi to somebody you don't know. Make this interaction more just coming and receiving and leaving. Because when we, if we can come together and be unified in the gospel of Christ, if we can be unified in wanting to make a difference in this community, we will truly do great things. And it will be fueled by the love of God. It will be fueled by each other to do good works. And so that's my hope and my prayer for us as a church. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this time. God, I thank you for everyone uh, here and watching wherever they may be. God, I, I, I pray that we would seek to have more in, intentional relationships, that we would see the importance of each other. We would see that we need each other for encouragement. We 